0: Greetings and welcome to the Clarity Podcast special bonus episode um, number two, uh, where we're going to have a great o- the great opportunity to sit down with Doctor Heather Martin, who's a pediatrician, um, to specifically address in talk about for parents on uh, the COVID-19 and um, questions that we have from parents about specifically about what they can do. Most of this audience is listeners are people that live in on the continent. And um, as we've seen in the last few days, many of our countries are putting, um, uh, going under quarantine, closing the borders for at least 30 days, and that does create a little bit of anxiety as we lose, a, lose our autonomy to travel and to move around and possibly seek better health care um, if needed. And so, um, Dr. Heather, could you just uh, share just a little bit about yourself um, before we jump into the questions?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm a pediatrician. Uh, went to Medical College of Wisconsin and did my uh, training at uh, Rainbow Babies in at, in Cleveland uh, and I've been practicing in Michigan for now um, almost 15 years and been in Zambia for the past four. Uh, right now I'm back in the states on furlough.
0: Good deal. Good deal. So well, thank you so much and we' I appreciate this. Uh, Dr. Heather, could you just jump in and share what what should parents be looking for as maybe some some symptoms um, from this virus?
1: Sure. So honestly, a lot of this looks like the same cold, any same cold virus. Um, The most common symptoms people have are a dry cough and a fever and kind of generalized muscle aches and feeling tired. Um, The runny nose um, and sore throat is a little less common. About 10% of the people um, have that part of it. So that seems to be kind of the uniqueness of what people are seeing that it's not much of this snottiness with it. Okay. Um, yeah, and then there's a again a few cases, um, around ten percent that actually start with a little diarrhea okay. and some nausea.
0: Okay. What one of the questions one of the parents sent in to me was, you know, we 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 hear the word high fever thrown around. What how do we define a high fever Um, for parents that wonder is is 101 or is 100 or what is a pediatrician? What do you when when you talk to parents, what do you advise them when it comes to what you consider a high fever?
1: So. The the term high fever is a little bit random and generic, but as a a medical practitioner, a fever to me has to be 100.4 or 38 degrees Celsius. Okay. Below that, no matter how low the person normally runs, it's not a fever and I'm not gonna be worried about a bad infection or things coming from that. When we start getting um, concerned, um, like a high fever to me is 104 okay. <laughs> or, or 40 degrees Celsius. Um, to For reassurance, there's no physical damage gonna happen in a person's body until a fever is like 106 okay, um, really and that's like super rare to ever see
0: okay and and should parents be concerned if the fever is just is there a if it happens over a series of days is that more of a concern or or what what's your advice because that's another one of the another questions a parents had is how long um should we be concerned if a baby if a baby has a fever and it's going on for two or three days. Should we be concerned? Is it the the amount of days, or is it the 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 temperature, the the height of the temperature, or the that it affects more? What 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 advice would you have?
1: So, in in a, a general fever question, pediatricians think of it by age ages. Oh, that's good. Three months, three months and younger. Anything that's over thirty eight or the hundred point four we want somebody looking at them in general because three months and younger are much more susceptible um, and don't have the, you know, a lot to fight off and they just can get sicker faster. Okay. Um, once you hit after that three month mark, we feel much more comfortable. Kids can have fevers if they're acting pretty active and alert, you can wake them up, they're eating and drinking. If they have a fever for three to five days is the most common. With viruses, okay. Um, I don't want to see him until day five or six, uh, unless they're acting really sick before that. Okay. Um, the other little thing that worries us: if a person has a fever, like. Three or four days, the fever totally goes away for 24 hours and then pops back up again. Then we start worrying oh, particularly if they had a cold, did that now move into the ears or down into the lungs into a pneumonia okay. instead of just a okay. uh, bronchial?
0: That's great. That's great. Thank you for that explanation. I think that does provide some clarity in that. The other one of the other symptoms that you mentioned and we hear is difficulty breathing. You know, that's that that's also a generalized term when you how, what advice would you, or wisdom you would give for a parent that maybe is concerned is, is this difficulty breathing or they just have a snotty nose or how to differentiate that? Because sometimes our minds can begin to play tricks on us, um, especially when there are love, our children that we love and we care for and we lose a little bit of that objectivity. So there's some certain things parents should look for as far as difficulty breathing.
1: Children who can't tell you that they can't catch their breath, you know, that they're too young to really express it. What you want to look at for is how many muscles they're using in their chest. Okay. Um, so, uh, and this works from infants, you know, up to three-year-olds or so. If you start seeing um, their ribs sucking in where that when they're breathing um, and their belly going really um deep in and out um, and that you think you know like this is faster than they normally breathe um, the other thing is you know right up by our windpipe you can see where that that divot goes in if that is sucking in um, the other thing that is a sign that it's getting harder for them to breathe is if you watch their nose if you see their nose flaring um, as they're trying to breathe or they start doing these little oh oh grunting type noises okay that is consistent with breathing that seems different than just crying in pain yeah those that's a sign of respiratory distress in a, a young one now if they are doing breathing fast and they have a fever that's normal body trying to get rid of the heat but they're still breathing like that after the fever's gone they're breathing hard like that for hours that's a sign that this isn't just a short term thing
0: okay Sounds and, um, and you use the word flaring. Is that a we use that, you and I use that term often in the medical community, but that just means when the nostrils are getting they're opening up wide. Is that correct when you mean flaring? Does this the the nostrils get big and small and get but it's pronounced correct? Exactly. Good deal. Um, one other question, um, somebody had sent in they said, What do you advise? You know, many of are people that live in Africa, you can go to the pharmacy and get anything. Um, But is there certain things that they should have as far as when their, their child gets a virus to have on hand to keep at home um, to help their children in a, in a a situation like this? We're not asking for antibiotics and that stuff because that's prescribing, but just the over the counter things that you would recommend um, somebody to have at home to help with.
1: I'm, I'm pretty simple. If the, Uh, child is over one um, and they have a a bad cough with it I love honey Um, and you can even mix it with a little cinnamon Um, Vicks VapoRub particularly if they're congested and that can even be for the little ones if you're if they're younger than one and you're worried about their skin reacting to it some people just put the Vicks on a washcloth on the kids chest okay it's not actually Okay. And otherwise it's really just suctioning out the nose if they're really um gooped up in there. Um and the humidifiers are great. And I don't care if it's a cold or a hot one, okay. whichever you can
0: Okay. And um uh, and Tylenol, paracetamol, and ibuprofen and stuff too, you think?
1: Uh, tylenol and ibuprofen are good. I tend to say don't treat a fever for the fever's sake. But if the child is really uncomfortable um, in pain and not drinking or not wanting to drink because of the fever, then okay. treat the fever for that.
0: Good deal. Good deal. And we'll see. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can I say? This, yeah. Yes.
1: This focus, um, there is now stuff going about. Should we use ibuprofen or not? Um. I'm personally gonna say the data is not really there. Um the I, the idea is um there are some um the inflammatory um, what do you call it? inflammatory you know cycles that right. get going, that has been causing problems in the adults. That's when they um the person gets sicker. Um and the idea is that maybe ibuprofen. Would actually help make some of those cytokine things worse. Okay. And so they want to. So um, CDC now has officially said maybe you shouldn't use ibuprofen if you have coronavirus. Okay. Uh, The proof is mild, but um, yeah. I honestly like ibuprofen with other colds just because it tends to bring fevers down faster than paracetamol. Okay. That's good. But paracetamol is, is also there.
0: Okay. One of the one of the um, someone else sent in a question and said, you know, I have children and I can resonate with this. I remember when Heather and I first got to Madagascar, we had hand sanitizer for everything. Um, Isabel and Josiah, they were, you know, they were they were one and three, and their hands were in their mouth and all the time. And one of the things we're we're asking people to do is to wash their hands frequently and keep their hands off their face and out of their mouth. And da 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 da. da. What advice do you give a parent that says? That's all my kid does is put their hands on their face and then their mouth and up their nose, fingers up their nose. What We don't want our children to be fearful. We don't want to um, put fear in them. At the same time, is there any tricks that you have as a pediatrician that you've learned that maybe can help kids keep their hands clean um, and also help alleviate some of the anxiety in the moms and dads?
1: I don't think in a six-month-old you're going to get them to keep their hands out of their mouth. Okay. three-year-old. But um, with the, just so the frequent washing is going to be more of the thing. And instead of making it a thing of don't do this, don't do that. Now we have to wash your hands. Make it a game. Kids love to play in water and soap bubbles. That's good. And so make it a game that we're going to go washing the
0: soap bubbles again. <laughs> that That's awesome. And um, like I said, I, I wish I could go back and do it differently. I, I did. I, obviously we don't get redos, but I just remember, you know, I was the hand sanitizer guy with the Purell and, and always doing it. And it, it, it I don't know if it helped at all, to be honest, but anyway, I tried and I kind of think it made, took parents. I think sometimes want to do something and sometimes yep. It just uh doing something just doesn't necessarily make that whole lot of a difference. So no, yeah.
2: but you're not hurting anything.
0: So good deal. It's okay. Another question somebody sent in and said, Hey, um, were they were just asking about they had read on the internet, which um, I think a lot of us are doing, reading Google Doc, being, you know, WebMD and trying to figure out what they can do. Um, but they, they've they read some data that said that this virus doesn't affect children as much as it does adults. Is that correct? Or what have, what have you seen, um, Dr. Heather, in this process?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and we have limited data yet just because this is so emerging. But from China data... Um, that came out, um, from February 11th. Um, yeah, the majority of people, 78% of the people were ages 30 to 69 years old who got the virus. Okay. Only 2.1% were less than 20. Okay. And there were no deaths. And now, as we've seen this March across this month, um, it's not that. Young younger people can't get it. Um, the children specifically uh, seem to be the asymptomatic carriers, and really, the a lot of the transmitters of it, um, with very mild symptoms. Um, kids under one, we always are a little bit more concerned about, but honestly, have not seen. I think I've heard of one once child who ended up very sick in the hospital, but they didn't. They didn't even die so um we shouldn't be cavalier about it um but and definitely still do the social distancing as much as you can keeping your kids from your like the grandparents and things like that um but i think that should be reassuring to parents okay uh, particularly when you have limited access to health care
0: that 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 is that is reassuring and you're right there is limited, <laughs> limited access to healthcare um, and so it when when parents um do you have any other closing words of wisdom for parents um maybe that You know, outwardly, they're trying to hold it all together and saying they're not concerned, but inwardly, sometimes they they are struggling with this, you know, I'm I'm stuck. uh, I don't know what to do. Um, Do you have just any words of wisdom or maybe some words of encouragement for them?
1: Uh, um, One of the things as far as life goes is um, for kids to feel secure, like the little ones, you don't have to tell them about it unless they ask. They just want to know that mom and dad are there and they'll be happy, they'll feel secure. Um, In the older kids, routine is essential to maintaining life and feeling secure, and it's actually good for um, adults' mental health also. So school-age kids, we call it that for a reason, having some sort of structured school and structured um, uh, schedule to your day um, you may even write it out on a, on a whiteboard or on a piece of paper. Having kids do chores, maybe they get to do more chores now that they're home more than they would be otherwise. Even though they will fight you that they don't like doing the chores, long term, we know mental health psychologically, we do much better with structure. Okay. Um, and that's the first thing that we actually, in a disaster situation, the first thing we start for the kids is school. Because having that routine is just so reassuring. Okay. And um, and it really helps uh, modify some of that. So um, otherwise, you know what? I, I think what you said at the beginning of the program, um, God loves our kids more than we do. He knew about this. This is not a shock to him. And um, he knows where you are. He sees you. He knows where each of us are in each of our countries. Um, And uh, I just keep going back to Psalm 91 as a reassurance of his his watch and his care over us.
0: That's awesome. Dr. Heather, would you pray for our parents and you would pray for their kids and pray for the audience that's listening to this? Um, Just a prayer of God's peace, God's protection, and um, God's guidance in these uh, unstable days.
1: Sure. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and I thank you uh, so much for the chance we have to spread your gospel across the world. I pray for these parents um, and their kids. I pray that your hand of protection be upon our families. Give parents wisdom in what to do and how to react to situations that they find themselves in. Um, Give them a piece um, of your presence in our lives and that those reminders, um, tangible and intangible, that you are our Heavenly Father. We are part of your family, and you are watching out for us. We thank you for this in your name. Amen.
0: Dr. Heather, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. All your- well, we want to thank uh, Dr. Heather Martin for spending some time with us today on the Clarity Podcast. I know as a parent, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate her insight. I appreciate her wisdom and uh, just some some valuable tools and things that we can use as parents. I, I know that one of the areas um, we talked last week about the areas that can create um, um, fear and anxiety. One is you know, is the fear of death and, 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 and helping with our kids and then also the autonomy and we've kind of went through that this week as last week as we launched that podcast the borders and most of the countries that their missionaries are living in africa were are not closed and in that amount of time the borders a lot of countries are closed i know here in madagascar as of thursday night friday you can't come in or out and for at least 30 days and losing that autonomy does create a sense of fear because many of us live in countries that the medical um, situation is just not the best. And um, a lot of the information we're getting out of our home countries is coming from an idea that I can just run to an emergency room. I can go to these places to get um, health care and drive through testing and all those type of things. And unfortunately, that's just not necessarily the reality of, of many of our listeners that live on on the continent. Um, some areas have greater health care, better health care than others. Some of us live in areas that the health care is, is lacking. Lacking, um, in many different ways, and so we we thank we're thankful for Heather once again to share that um, her insight with us. Also, I just wanted to just briefly touch base with a, a point of um, encouragement from God's Word. I have been encouraged to see the church um, is uh, my friend Dick Brogdon. He he shared about a, a devotional, basically the idea that at this time. Um, we shouldn't necessarily be walking in step with the world basically the idea behind the devotional was is, is a father or a mother sees their child walking in in the parade and 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 looks at their child and says everyone's out of step except my child and uh, the long story short is is everyone was in step walking a certain way but their child was walking a little bit different and I have been encouraged to see at this time um, the church um, rising up in, in times of prayer and times of encouragement and um, the focus on prayer I think is is valuable and it to go back to that devotion is we should be walking a little bit differently in this process because our hope is in Jesus and we should be walking a little bit out of step um, the way that the world is walking through this in the sense that we have hope in Jesus Christ. We have our trust in Him and we know that He is he's looking out for our good and um, that we can put our hope and trust in Him. So I just wanted just to share real quickly from uh, Philippians chapter 4. This is a text that we we turn to many times when we're going through, through a difficult Um, period of our life. But I think it it resonated with me um, this week and specifically today. And I thought it would just be important just to share it on the podcast, um, just to encourage you wherever you're at today. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice in these times is kind of hard to do. Um, but at the same time, He, he has exhorted us to, um, to rejoice. And I would encourage you to rejoice wherever you're at. We all have many things that we can be thankful for. And I would encourage you to, to focus on the things that you can be thankful for um, and thank God for what He's done, where He's brought you, and how He's kept you up until this point. And all the the, the idea that God is near, God is not far, He's not far away, but God is with us. And that's an encouragement. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and I would just like to encourage you to present whatever your concerns are to Him whether that is children at home whether that is being in quarantine, self quarantine, whether that is the fear of not being able to get to loved ones, whatever that is, present those um, concerns and requests to God because He's near and He cares for you and then it goes on to say and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus what an encouragement that that God is promising that He that His peace will come, and that transcends all understanding is is the idea of walking out a step. When people say, "How how are you walking with such a peaceful heart and a peaceful mind in this process?" We can turn and, and thank God for what He's done in our hearts and in our minds. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. And I would like to encourage you. As at times, we can get caught up. Um, as we lived through a coup here in 2009 Ten, you know, we got, I made a big mistake because I was on the news, following the news, following the news. At the end of the day, I couldn't control those things. And it just became a daily rhythm that was an unhealthy rhythm that I was concentrating on things that were not necessarily praiseworthy, not things that were necessarily lovely. And um, they weren't doing anything to, to build my trust in God. They were actually doing things to increase anxiety, increase stress, and increase fear. And so I would just like to encourage you to, to think upon the things that God, God's word, think upon, have praise and worship music playing in your home, things that will keep your mind on Jesus and not necessarily on on the what is the, the fear um, that is going on around the world. And whatever you've learned or received and heard from me or seen in me, put this into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Our God is a God of peace and we can love and trust in him. And some people would say, well, Aaron, you know, I'm a Christian and I pray, but I just don't really um, understand the the, the total value value of that. But I do want to just five things real quick. Through prayer, we renew our trust in God's faithfulness. And so spending time in prayer, we're saying, God, I do trust in you and taking that time to trust in him renews our faith, renews our trust that God is faithful number 2 god's peace will come as we pray and will guard our hearts and our minds as we spend time with Him. We spend time with Him, He guards our hearts, guards our minds, and we we are once again assured. Now, some people would say, well, I need to do that every minute. Maybe that, that is. Maybe it's every hour. Maybe it's. it depends on what area or what period of your, you're going through and what level of stress, but God will remove, renew our minds, and, and He'll help guard it in that. Number three, God strengthen us to do all the things He desires. It, by praying, we're saying, God, I don't have the strength. I need your strength. And I need your strength to carry me through this process. And I think by praying, we're saying, God, I don't have enough strength. I need I need you, my dependence on you. Number four, we receive God's mercy, grace, and our and his help in our time of need. And um, that's just another value of praying. And sometimes that's, we wonder, but those are things when we need mercy, when we need grace, and we need help, we turn to him in prayer. And number five. Uh, we're assured once again that God is in control and God is going to work everything out um, for good, even. And, and are good even in these difficult days and these difficult circumstances we well, we cannot um, see it out. So I would encourage you um, to keep Philippians 4 um, in front of you this week. I do think we'll continue to do the podcast, probably these short words of encouragement, bonus episodes for the next few weeks as we walk through this COVID-19 um, time period. It, well, we won't, I won't do it forever, but I've had a, vi- a lot of response from around the world. Um, 35, to four, 35 different countries have listened in and have found this to be valuable, and um, so I think we'll continue just to provide some helpful medical advice, a word of encouragement from God's Word, and um, I'll keep up with the other episodes because they were recorded um, in advance. But I think this is pertinent for this time. Let me just pray with you real quick, Heavenly Father. We thank you for who you are, Father. We thank you that we can trust in you all day long, and Father, I thank you that for each person that's listening today, God, you will continue to give them wisdom, Father. You will continue to give them courage. And God, you will continue to give them the the ability to trust in you, God, for the outcomes. God, we know that you're in control. God, our trust is in you. And so, Father, we thank you that we can renew our hearts, we can renew our minds as we spend time with you in prayer. God, we spend time with you in praise. And so, Father, we thank you that you're a living and active God, that you care for us, and you know that each, where each and every person on this um, podcast who's listening, where they're at. Father, I pray for parents that are stressed, parents that are concerned, um, realizing that they have young kids or they have kids that a baby back in the United States that are, that are uh, seem to be out destitute because they, they're no longer in school And and this many levels of being a parent can be stressful in this time of uncertainty and um, destabilization. So, Father, I pray for parents today, God, that the peace that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and guard their minds. Father, I pray that um, they will once again renew their, their realization, God, that you love their children. You love my children. You love our children more than we do. And, God, that we can trust you with them. And so, Father, I pray for parents that maybe have sick kids today. I pray for parents that that um, that are struggling to not know what to do and, and are concerned, God, that you will give them peace that passes all understanding. God, that they will feel your palpable presence. God, they will feel your palpable presence, God, as they love and care for their children, as they they put their um, their children in your hands. God, we need you every day. I think of the song that we sing, I sung as a kid at church in a hymn. I need you, Lord, how I need you. Every hour, I need you. And at a time like this, God, we truly need you. And we thank you and we praise you for who you are. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In your name we pray, amen. Until next time.